Hey guys, so I told you that I would expand on one of the stories that I, well, one of the answers I gave earlier, which will, will the whole story. Um, so I no longer am in contact with my biological parents. I do not talk to my biological father because he was sexually abusive towards me. And I do not talk to my biological mother because she is not supportive of me. And by being supportive, I mean she's not there for me when I need her. I'm not talking about giving me money or stuff like that. I'm talking about when you need someone the most. Like when you're down and out and depressed and she's just not there. So... Um, but she's there to tell me what to do and how to do it. So, you know, if you're not there for me in my worst days, I don't need you on my good days. That's how I view life. And, um, it works for me. I'm not saying that's going to work for everybody, but it works for me. So, um, during my first marriage... To someone who I will not say their name. Just because of their privacy. Um, so I've been married before. I got married at 24 or 25. Don't remember. But we had been together since I was 21. And um, anyway it didn't work out. He's a good guy. We just weren't good together. If that makes sense. Um, we're more friends than husband and wife together. Um, so, you know, we dated a whole bunch of years. So, of course, me and his family were close. And are close. So when the divorce happened. I backed off. Obviously. Because you know they're his family. And I wanted some space. So I gave them some space. And then I realized. That. um, After the divorce. Which by the way. They went through the divorce with us together. They did not take sides. They were equally there for both of us. So, I'm the one who backed away. They did not. I'm the one who chose to put some distance between us. I thought I was doing a good thing. Um, so that I could move on and he could move on. Um, anyways. So, later on in life, I'm not sure. I don't remember how long we didn't talk to each other for. But... Um, while I was dating this person and married to this person, his mom and dad, as well as his grandparents, were always there for me. And his aunt and uncles and all of them, like their whole family as a whole, they were always there for me. And, um... When I chose to pull away, they was still here and there, ask how I was doing, checking up on me, 
and I would give short, like, um, you know, when you give someone a short answer because you don't want to talk, which was really hurting me a lot because, I mean, when you're in someone's family for seven years or more, I mean, it's gonna hurt. So, but again, it was me, not them. So, they had no clue what I, what I was trying to do. Um, eventually, I moved back to Nashville because I had moved out of state. Um, I came back to Nashville. I... Anyways, my birth mother was not supportive, so I moved in with a co-worker and um, got my old job back, which was my first CNA job. I got my old job back and lived with a co-worker so we could ride to work together so I could save up money. Um... In the course of this, I started dating someone who was not good for me. But at the time, I thought they were because um, I think I felt alone because I didn't have anyone in my corner except these two girls that I worked with that um, were, by the way, amazing. And I will also not say their names because... They don't know I'm telling this story. So, um, I'm keeping everyone's names private. Anywho, um, I lived there for a while. And then, um, and then I lived in a hotel room for a little bit. And that didn't work out. Because it was just too expensive. So. Um. I'm trying to think about the timeline. I'm not. Trying to put things in timeline order. Trying to remember. So I lived in a hotel for a little bit. Then me and him broke up. And he was no longer there to help me pay for this place. So. Um. He went to jail, so I had his stuff, so I did have to eventually see him one last time to give him his stuff. I didn't want them to throw it away or anything because I'm not a horrible person, but um, he did go to jail. We broke up. I drove to the city that he was in. Still in Tennessee, but just another city. Um, to give him his stuff. He was living in a shelter at the time. Um. I went to another hotel. In another state. But still within driving distance. Of my job. It was like an hour away. But it was in another state. Um, is the only place I could find that would let me have my bunny, 
that I had at the moment. And, um, by the way, the only reason I had a bunny is because I felt alone. And, um, bunnies, they're high maintenance, but not really. Like, yes, it's a pet you have to take care of, but it's not like a dog. Like, you can like, you don't have to take him outside and all this and that. So... Basically, you have to feed your, feed them and water them and um, change their bedding because that's where they use the bathroom. Stuff like that. Socialize them. So, take them out of the cage and play with them. Um, so, anyways. Then, living in a hotel by myself got expensive after a week. So, I had to move out. I had nowhere to go. I packed my car, packed my money in the car, and I went to work that night. And, um, this nurse that was working there asked me, you know, what's going on? I've never seen you bring the bunny in. He saw that I had all my stuff in my car. I told him, I don't know where I'm going to go in the morning. Um, And he said, well, why don't you come to my house? My son's in college. Uh, Me and my wife both work nights. So, um, there's that extra bedroom. So, you can have it while you save up um, to get your own place. And so, I was hesitant at first, um, but he sent me his address, and um, he said he was going to go home and talk to his wife, and I had to stay over a little bit because my replacement wasn't there. So, he at home, got a chance to talk to his wife, um, then I told him I was coming over, and they were both waiting for me. And I met his wife. She was lovely. Um, she was my best friend for a long time. And I will get to that in a minute. Um, but anyways, I pretty much unpacked my car. Because I was going to be living there for a little bit. And I unpacked my money. Um, basically had my own room. I did have to, you know... Only had a few drawers because all of their son's stuff was in there. But, I mean, he wasn't there. His son was in another city in college. So, that worked out. Um, I lived there for a little bit. I was on a really good weight loss journey. Um, and that... When I was living there is when I started talking to my husband. And... At the time, um, you know, I was angry at men. And everything I threw at my husband, he came back with something like, Oh my God, this must be out of a book. You can't be serious. Like, everything I threw at him. But guys do this, but guys do that. And this and that, and this and that. Like, he would... 
be like, not all guys are like that. And he would come with to me with a better, like, how he would do. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So, that, yeah, whatever, turned into us talking every day. Now, at first, I still was not sure about this guy. But, I mean, we literally talked every day. If we were not texting, we were on the phone. If we were not texting or on the phone, we were asleep. So, eventually, he became my best friend. And, I mean, we were telling each other everything. So, he said, okay, it's time to meet. And I was hesitant because, you know, I've never met someone online. You, Yeah, I've talked to you for months, but that doesn't mean I want to meet you somewhere. I don't know if you're the person you say you are. If you are a creepy guy or not. Like, no. Like, that is what criminal minds is made out of. That is what special victims unit is made out of. Okay? Of people who went and met people online and got kidnapped or killed or raped. Or I don't know. Like, I had so many scenarios. And so I talked to someone untrusted. And they were like, well, talk to him a few more weeks. And if you're still interested in him, uh, meet somewhere public. So I agreed to that. I was like, okay, I can do the public thing. So we chose a day. We met. And it was amazing. It was like meeting the best friend you never knew you had. And every chance that we got a day off or a weekend off, we were together. I'm serious. We were either on the phone or texting or talking or whatever. And then the dreaded Christmas time came. I had started a new medicine. Um, a, a new medicine for depression and the doctor warned me she said you know if you feel funny feel any different have bad thoughts just call me I was like okay so and the medicine that I'm talking about is Celexa now before I say anything just know that I'm not a doctor and Celexa is not a bad pill. It just didn't work for me and my body chemistry. If you're taking Celexa, this does not mean it's going to happen to you. And if your doctor tries to give you Celexa, I mean, try it. Everybody reacts different to it. So, you know, it was Christmas time. I was alone. I wasn't going to go to my mom's that year. It was like that point when I cut her off when I was like, I need healthy people in my life. I need to have healthy relationships. I need to set boundaries. I, I mean, I was on a whole, like, changing myself journey. So, it was hard. Because, of course, the holidays, you go to your families. You go and buy gifts. You go do this and that. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, 
told me, well, why don't you come have Christmas with us? And I agreed to that. Um, so I had gone shopping and I had already um, wrapped all my presents. Well, one day I didn't sleep at all. And I was having really, really, really dark thoughts. And I remembered my doctor saying, you know, if you have funny thoughts or bad thoughts, anything like that, just give me a call. So I called my doctor. And I told her that I was having suicidal thoughts. And my doctor said, you need to report to the ER. And I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to stop taking the medicine and come see you tomorrow. I was just calling to tell you. And she's like, no, you need to go to the ER or the sheriff is going to come after you. (laughs) So I was like, alrighty then. So I went to my local ER, which, by the way, they were amazing. Um, the security guard came to get me from the waiting room. I had no idea what was happening. You know, I thought, well, maybe they're all busy and he just coming to show me to my room. So then the police officer tells me, well, it's the security guard. You know, all hospitals have them. The security guard, he said, um, change into this. And you even have to take your bra off. You can leave your underwear on. I said, all right. So, I'm in paper clothes. Not literal paper, but you know what I mean. I'm in paper clothes. And here comes a woman nurse. The room looks so bare. Like, this is not a typical hospital room. This is like... A, I'm gonna shut you in and you can't come out type room. With just a bed. And a TV way up so high that you can't see it. From the bed. And it's in a box. And the box is bolted in. There's nothing else in there. Nothing. So here comes the nurse with the computer. She starts asking me some questions. I told her how I was feeling. I was very honest with them. And they said we need you to pee in this cup. And I said okay. I didn't know they were drug testing me, but apparently they were drug testing me. They they took some blood work. And I mean, all I thought this time was that they were going to change my medication. That's all I thought they were going to do. Anyway, eventually I tell the doctor, I'm really anxious. And the doctor said, well, do you regularly take something for anxiety? And I said, no, I don't. Um, that's what the Selexa was supposed to be doing, was helping with depression and anxiety. It's kind of like a dual pill, my doctor said. So, the doctor said, okay, so he gave me something for anxiety, which made me sleep, because I, I mean, besides Tylenol and my depression medicine, I don't, I didn't at the time take anything. So...
I fall asleep and I wake up with a sheriff in my face. And I'm surrounded by the sheriff, the security guard, the woman nurse, my doctor, a male nurse, all in this tiny little room. And he just wakes me up and says, let's go. And I'm like, well, where are we going? And he was just like, we're going outside. You got to get in the back of my car. Why? I mean, I didn't understand that. Nobody explained to me what was going to happen or anything like that. But I'm not one to fight either. And I was groggy. And I was wearing paper clothes. I didn't have my clothes on. They took my phone. They took my wallet. They had everything that I owned. They had more car keys. What the hell was I going to do? So, I get in the back of his cup car, or sheriff car, SUV thing, which is the most uncomfortable thing I have ever sat in. I mean, he's so little, you can't even, like, move your feet. Anyways, he did let me text my parents before um, I put the phone up. Well, well, he had all my stuff. He did let me text my parents, and... um. I didn't tell him this, but I also texted my boss. Because by the time we got in the car, he had told me where we were going. We were going to Skyline Madison Campus, which is a mental health facility. So, um, I knew where it was because I had lived in Madison before. And it was like behind my church that I frequented. So, I was not worried about that. So, I was like, oh, okay, I know where that is. So, I texted my parents. I said, okay, we love you. Which, my parents, by the way, I will get to the point in a minute. Um, they said, okay, we love you. Um, I got to... Skyline Madison campus around midnight or one. Not really sure. I waited downstairs for a while while they were getting all the paperwork together, I'm guessing. Then they took me to the back where it was even more waiting. They gave me a paper lunch, which had a sandwich, a juice, a cookie, and an apple, I believe. And since he was the holidays, he was the day before Christmas. No, it was... It was December 24th, so... um, It was the day before Christmas, so there was not any doctors on call, so I had to do a video call with the doctor. um, So they could give their consent for me to be admitted. So I talked to a doctor on the screen. She asked me a few questions. Then she told me to go sit back out there. Waited another hour or two. They assigned me a bed. And then I went upstairs. They searched me. Which, I mean, I had no clothes on. But the paperback clothes. So I don't know what the hell they were searching for. But they searched me. Um... They even had to search my hair, my mouth. I mean, it's crazy. And, um, they took my paper clothes and they gave me hospital gowns, 
purple hospital gowns. Um, and it was so late. It was like 3 in the morning or so by the time I got to my room that I just laid there. My roommate was not tired because I had a roommate. She was not tired. So I was so happy to like finally talk to somebody. And um, we quickly became friends because, I mean, we were stuck in the room till like, 5 or 6 or something like that before we were allowed out. Um, so, anyways, in the morning, I got my clothes because during the day, you wear your regular clothes. So, I wore the clothes that I had... Um, arrived at the ER with because that's the only thing I had on me. Um, and then I asked for permission to get my mom's phone number, which my phone was locked up in a safe, so they had to go get it so I could write down my mom's number. And I didn't know I was going to be there for a week. Now it depends how long you're there by the treatment that you're getting and what the doctors say. Um, but I ended up being there for a week. Um, it was the best week of my life because, well, while you're there, at least the one that I was in, while I was there, you're in class the majority of the day. So, the majority of the, day, of the day while you're in there, you're learning so much. And I had previously started my self-care journey. But this just kind of like gave me the tools to keep it going, if that makes sense. So, even though I personally would not ever want to go back to the mental health facility, even though I loved it, it was a good experience, I wouldn't say I want to go back. Does that make sense? Like, I learned a lot. Yeah, it was good. But, hey, I don't want to do that again. So... I'm there for a week, and these two people, my mom and my dad, were the ones that talked to the doctors, were there for me. Um, they did my, it's kind of like a call to establish your support system. Once you're home. Um, and what I learned. I tell them what I learned. And whatever. And then. The doctor. And. Whoever your support is. Talk about. Do you think she's ready to come home or not? Um, My mom said yes. So. I think the next day. They got it set up to where my dad would pick me up. Which I was very excited about. Um, 
Well, anyway, sorry, my dog wants me to take her out. So, I'm going to go fast. So, I got home. Of course, the people I lived with didn't know where I was. So, for a week, they're like, where have you been? Um, I told them, I showed them my paperwork. And, of course, they work in the healthcare field. So, then you always tell them the truth because of the paperwork. And, um, by the way, my diagnosis was, um, extreme anxiety or something. It's like high anxiety. I don't know the medical term, but it's like really bad anxiety, um, severe depression and PTSD. Um, the PTSD coming from being sexually abused from a parent, my dad. And, um, the mental abuse that I endured growing up, which at the time I did not know that it was mental abuse. I figured that out as the process went on and I have talked about my childhood and stuff. Um, that's where that came out at. Um, I did not see it as mental abuse. I just thought my mom was mean, but it turns out it is mental abuse. Um... So, besides my parents being there for me the whole weekend, this brand new boyfriend that I had, who I thought was going to leave me for sure because nobody wants to date a crazy person. Because that's the stigma that psych houses or psych wards have is, oh, if you're in psych, you must be crazy. When really, I just needed a medication change. And that's what I was there for. I was there to get tools. And I was also there for them to figure out what meds I needed to be on under supervision. Since this Alexa affected me the way that it did. Um, when anyway, I get home. I, I had already wrapped all my presents. So that day, I drove here where, where I live now. To my boyfriend's house. And... We have Christmas. And I mean I had just come out of the hospital. So I was like in the twilight zone a little bit. I enjoyed it. But it was still strange. Um, and then I went home. And of course went back to work. And one of my days off. Um, the nurse that I lived with. Was off. And I was off. And his wife had to work. His wife did not work with us. His wife worked at a hospital. We worked at a nursing home. So we had the same night off. Which did not happen often. And I guess. He had decided to start drinking. Which I did not know about. Because I had been in my room. Because I had been sleeping. And I had been getting. Really bad cramps. In my sciatic nerve. For the very first time. I didn't know what it was. Um, so anyway. They had given me a robe. For Christmas. And I was in bed in my PJs. So. I put the robe on. To directly. Cross the hall to the bathroom. Which was directly. In front of my door. Like 
if you open my door, you can see the bathroom door. And it's like two steps and you're there. Well, I guess he heard me coming out. So he came out. And um, he was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, but I'm having this sciatic nerve pain. Which I didn't know was my sciatic nerve. I was trying to explain what it was. But I didn't know. So, of course, he's an RN, a registered nurse. So, he first told me where my sciatic nerve was. And he pointed at it. And, okay, fine. You're telling me about it? Okay. He touched my back to let me know where it was. And, I mean, I thought he was being... Um, like trying to help. So, I brushed it off. And I was like, okay, I really gotta pee. So, then he pinned me to... Somehow, I don't remember. Somehow, I ended up next to the counter. And then he had me pinned. Um, and he proceeded to lift my robe and... Broke my butt and was trying to get to my vagina. Now, thankfully, I was on my period, so I had a tampon in and he backed off. Um, but I was frozen like ice. Like if I was a little girl again and my dad had been pinned to the bed. Just the same thing. At that moment, he was not the nurse doing it, it was my dad. And I was a little girl again. He finally let go and I was like, I'm going to bed. Well, no, don't go to bed because you don't feel good. So, go to the couch. So, he grabbed my hand and took me to the couch. And... He proceeded to tell me that my vagina was not broken from my daddy touching me when I was younger. And that I did not need to hold a grudge and that it had been long enough for me to get over it. So, I made up a story and told him that I was going to meet a friend for breakfast. And that we had decided it because she had to work that night. And so, um, thankfully, he didn't think about it twice because he knew the friend that I was talking about. Um, so I got dressed and I left and I called my mom bawling and, um, Then, I drove two hours down to my boyfriend's house. He was asleep. Didn't know what the hell was going on. He woke up to me at his door. And he was asleep. So, I just laid in the bed. And he slept till it was time for him to wake up. And then, he woke up to me crying. So he was holding me and he just came all came out like word vomit. And he was like, well, you can't go back there. And I was like, I have no other choice. I have nowhere to go and I have to work. 
So, um, I texted my mom, which we'll get that to a minute. I texted my mom and she was like, well, we don't have room in the house, but we have a camper. And I know it's cold outside, but you have one of these space heaters that you can use. And so, instead of going home, or quote-unquote home, I went to mom and dad's house. Now, who is mom and dad, you might ask? Who are these wonderful people who have been there for me through all my miscarriages, my psych stay, my nurse situation, through a divorce. I mean, these people came down to see me get married. Mom helped me get married. Um, he helped me put my dress on so I could get married. My cousin did my makeup. My ex-husband's mom and dad are my mom and dad. Now, me and my ex-husband no longer talk. But me and his girlfriend are on good terms um he recently had a baby in january he is so precious and even though i could talk to him i feel like out of respect and this is a me thing this this has nothing to do with him or with my husband i believe that For her to trust me. I have nothing to say to him. So. I mean the only time that me and her really talk. Are when we're talking about the baby. So. If I can ask her about the baby. Why do I need to talk to him for? You know what I mean? So. If we're ever in the same room. It's not going to be awkward. Because we are literally all cool. Mom and dad. They know the situation. They know that me and his girlfriends are are on good terms. Um, I haven't met the baby yet because of life. I had surgery and all that when they have come down to mom and dad's. So, I haven't been able to meet the baby yet or meet her yet. But we've sent pictures back and forth. I mean, she's another person who's been on my corner. Since these three surgeries I've had, she's been asking about my health. She's a CNA like I am, so we talk about work sometimes. And I check on the baby, and she tells me how she's doing. And, um, anyways, the people that you least expect to be there for you are the ones that have your back. I never in my life thought that I would never have a biological mom and dad. You never think about that. You never think that your mom and dad, your biological mom mom and dad are going to be your biggest enemies. Yet, they turn out to be. And these two people who did not birth me, who did not know me before they me dating their son... Have opened their hearts and their minds to me. And have been there for me. Not because they had to. 
but because they wanted to. And that means more to me than anything you could give me. You could give me a million dollars. And that would not compare to the feeling of having people in your corner who choose to be there because they want to, not because they have to. And um, my husband is so gracious. He takes me up there every time we can go. And um, I visit mom often. And mom has accepted my three beautiful stepkids as her grandchildren. They call her Graham Graham. And they call my dad Pop Pops. They're coming down to celebrate my oldest um, stepdaughter's graduation party Saturday. I mean, life is not perfect, but I couldn't be more happy than I am right now. So, anyways, I told you guys that I would expand more about who my parents were. And they're not my biological parents, but they're the parents that life gave me and that God gave me. (coughs) I'm so blessed to have them in my life. Anyways, this is way long, so I'm going to go. I will come back to you with either another question and answer or another story. Anyways... (laughs) 